Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, and only you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We join together each week, whether we are here in the sanctuary or worshiping remotely as we have been doing for several months now, to sing and pray together and hear God's holy word proclaimed. Our community worship is our joyful response to who God is and what God does. We come to humbly and humanly respond to God's gracious initiative of mercy and love in our lives and in our world. The Psalms provide the foundation of worship. They consistently find their way into our music, our prayers, our liturgies, our call to worship most weeks is a Psalm. The Psalter has long been the common language of worship and prayer among believers down through the centuries, since the days of King David in the Old Testament and all the way to us here today. The Psalms were sung and prayed by a believing, faithful people, people who worshiped and followed Yahweh, the God of Israel, not by a people who were still trying to figure out who or what to worship. They knew in whom they believed. The Israelite people had a robust relationship with God. The Psalms reflect their real life situations of crisis and illness, loneliness and grief, relationships broken and relationships restored. And they reflect their very real responses to those situations. How long, Lord, how long will you forget me, says Psalm 13. Oh God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry. Now restore us, says Psalm 60. God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble, says Psalm 46. But you, O oh Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, Psalm 86. As from real people and in real life situations, the Psalms then teach us how to talk to and with God, to tell God how we really feel and to hear his voice. We tell our deepest needs and longings, our suffering, our joy, what we question, lament, even rage about. The Psalms are necessary in our daily walk with Jesus they help us express our faith and they help shape our faith as we grow closer to God. Our growth as Christians, in fact, requires us to pay attention to the Psalms and meditate on them to affirm that God does hear our cries and weeps with us. God does hear our thanksgivings and rejoices with us. It is not a one-sided conversation. We are not railing at the distant sky or calling out our thanks, hoping someone hears us. The Psalms remind us that we are not alone. God is with us. Psalm 145, our psalm for today's sermon and for this month's call to worship is part of the last section of the Psalter that heralds the Israelites' return from exile, the rebuilding of the temple, and the restoration of worship. It is a joyful time and the psalm reflects that. Many, if not all, psalms have an aspect of praise within their text. But Psalm 145 is the only psalm of the 150 
whose title is simply praise. Praise for who God is and what God does. This is the psalm we must come back to over and over when we feel off balance, when we grieve, when we don't have the answers and need to be reminded to trust in God, reminded of God's goodness and love, when we feel ashamed by something we have done or not done and we need to feel loved and forgiven and remember that God is sovereign over the whole universe and loves us, loves us. This is the psalm. The Lord is gracious and merciful. This is who God is. This is what God does. God does not just act haphazardly with his grace and mercy. He is grace and mercy. His actions with us, his responses to us reflect who God is all the time. God's actions cannot be separated from who God is. God is not forced to be gracious and merciful with us. He does so with his good pleasure. The prophet Zephaniah declares this, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. The Lord delights in his creation. He delights in you and me and desires to be in relationship with us. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is patient with us, but more than just being long-suffering or stoic, God goes even further to pair his patience with a lavish, abundant love. Second Peter 3.9 reflects Psalm 145 in that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's patience is wrapped up in his steadfast love. Bottom line, God does not want anyone to perish or be apart from him. God wants us to be with him, to live eternally with him. To declare that God is abounding in steadfast love is to recognize that his love for and commitment to us is inexhaustible. It is plentiful, generous. There is always enough of God's love to surround and protect us. How great is the love of the Father lavished on us that we should be called children of God, 1 John 3.1. No matter what we have done in life, no matter how far we have distanced ourselves from God or from the church, God relentlessly reaches out to us. God is not elusive. When we seek God, God is found. In 2 Chronicles, when the Israelites had disobeyed God and drifted far away from him, we learn but in their distress, the Israelites turned the Lord God of Israel and they sought him and God let them find him. The relentless and fierce nature of God's commitment and faithfulness to us is seen in his grace, mercy, patience, and love as this Psalm affirms. This is who God is and these attributes are established throughout the Bible attributes of God that we must trust in.
as we navigate the many difficult journeys of life. God declared to Moses in Exodus 34, 6, the Lord, the Lord is the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Throughout the Psalms, we also hear, for you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. You, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness that comes comes to us from Psalm 86. Repeatedly, we are told who God is and what God does for his beloved people. And we have confidence if we turn to him or return to him, that God is there. God will be found when we seek him. In 2 Corinthians, Paul affirms the covenantal nature of God's steadfast love with the people of Israel as it extends to the Gentiles and the early church and beyond to us here today. God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. To trust in the gracious, merciful, patient and loving nature of God is to understand this promise of commitment. I will be your God, and you will be my people. In a world where we regularly are let down by people in our relationships, in our jobs, our communities, even in our churches, it is comforting and life-giving to hear this truth. We can trust that God will always be gracious and merciful, slow to anger and faithful in his abundant love for us, even when others disappoint us. To God's gift of gifts of grace, mercy, patience, and love, we remember what was said at the beginning of this sermon. We respond with humble gratitude in our community worship and in our personal worship. We say with the psalmist, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. The Lord is good to all. His compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. Lord, all your faithful shall bless you. All. Throughout Psalm 145, we see this word of completeness and magnificence. The Lord is good to all. His compassion over all. To, to declare that God is rich in love is to acknowledge his fierce loyalty to all his creation. His abiding commitment and relentless faithfulness is to all his people. God is not a distant God, but the God who sees all pain and hears all cries of sorrow and desperation and responds to all with his loving compassion and abundant tenderness. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. Psalm 103. So we in turn give God thanks. The proper and right response to God's expansive love and compassion is for all of God's creation and all believers to acknowledge and bear witness to him in our worship, music, and prayer. In Philippians 2, Paul reminds us that Jesus, 
humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name in the glorious splendor of God's kingdom. God's power, might, and glory are shaped by God's mercy, grace, patience, and love. We see this in the humiliation and death of Jesus and his resurrection and exaltation. God's power is gracious and good. God's goodness and grace are powerful. That is who God is and that is what God does. God's mighty deeds are his salvation and deliverance, his healing presence and provision. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of grace and mercy, patience and peace, compassion and love. It is the kingdom that Jesus proclaims in Luke 4, where the prisoner and the oppressed are set free, the lame walk again, and the blind regain their sight. The glory of God's kingdom heals us and frees us, restores us and redeems us. This is our testimony. We speak of God's goodness to one another, generation to generation, but also farther out than that to just each other in our church, we proclaim God's goodness to all, to all we meet and know, to be the messengers of God's peace and justice, which is over all. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That comes to us from the prophet Isaiah chapter 52. All the mighty works of God told to all God's people of all generations. In worship, we testify to the all-embracing, all-encompassing nature of God and God's work in the world. Our children worship through drawings that proclaim the love and grace of God. Our worship team sings of the goodness of God. As a congregation of all ages, we pray the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, the same from generation to generation, age to age. As recipients of God's grace, we are then messengers of God's grace. So grateful and overjoyed at God's gift of grace, we wanna share it. We cannot contain this good news. We want others to know who God is and what God does that they too may be transformed in the love and light of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the darkest hours of my own life, I have sought the testimony of others who have endured journeys of crisis and hardship. Because of their testimony to God's faithfulness and compassion in the midst of loss and struggle, I too turn to God in trust in the midst of loss and struggle. And I can sing the words of Lamentation 3, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. We can trust God. 
We can trust the things God promises. We need not be cautious, skeptical, or distrustful when it comes to the words of God. For God is not a God of disorder or chaos, but of trustworthiness and constancy. Just as God is not haphazard in his acts of grace and mercy, he is not haphazard with his words. God's compassions never fail. Psalm 33, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. Because God is trustworthy in all his words and deeds, we know that God will uphold us. He will not let us fall. He will not even let us slip. Our God, whose powerful and mighty deeds are so vast, they are shared and told to all generations, displays that power through grace and mercy by caring for the humble, the lowly, the discouraged, by lifting up the brokenhearted, downtrodden, and weak. Our God, the one who is loving, merciful, gracious, and compassionate, is in control. He is even in control of our most desperate and seemingly hopeless situations. God catches us as we are falling or spinning out of control. God lifts us up when we are laid low by the heaviness of life. We connect Philippians 4 to the psalmist's praise of who God is and what God does with the shaping of the early church and the earliest Christians and then how we, the church, are shaped today. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul says. Again, I will say rejoice. But why can we rejoice? Because the Lord is, and say it with me, gracious, merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God restores and redeems. He does not forsake us. We are never without God. So how can we rejoice? By telling each other about God's mighty deeds in our lives, testifying to God's faithfulness in difficult circumstances. Even when we experience life's crushing moments and cry out with the psalmist, I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. Psalm 88, we must also remember to turn the page and say with Psalm 89, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why should we not worry about anything? Because throughout scripture, we have been told that God is faithful and gracious. That is who God is. That is what God does. When God says that he will uphold us when we are falling down and raise us up when we are cast down, we can believe him. God is trustworthy and constant. He will show us mercy in trouble, abundant love in need. And so then we can pray, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. How can we know this? Because God is faithful in his words and faithful in his deeds, we can trust that God will provide for us because he is our God, who is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The most comforting pastoral words that I have ever received during any difficult journey have usually included a word from the Psalms. Because at the heart of the Psalms is the affirmation that God is faithful and sovereign and will meet all our needs in all our situations, including and especially in our most desperate and heartbreaking situations. Wherever you are today, in whatever life journey you find yourself on, may this be the good news that you need. The Lord is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, patient with each one of us, all-encompassing in his compassion, overflowing with goodness and life, and abounding in a never-ending reservoir of love for you and for me and for all those that we love. In Jesus Christ, I proclaim this. Amen. Let us continue in our worship, heralding the good news of God. <laughs> 